and welcome to the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon Review. I am your co-host, Gabe, and I'm joined by your other co-host, Sean. Please introduce yourself. What it do? Uh, we are two brothers who rate and review every episode of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! chronologically. We like to compare against each other and compare them against past episodes. So, uh, let's get started. How's your week been, Sean? Um, it was pretty lit. I... Went wild on eBay and Macari. I got some CGC graded comics from my basement, and I got a Kabutops uh, PSA graded Fossil Hollow. So that's gonna be pretty sick. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh, that's cool because you did say Kabutops was one of your favorite Pokemon a couple episodes ago. So yep. That's and cool. do you, what do you have for uh, our weekly segment of eBay Macari? <laughs> so I did buy the critters. Uh, I've been putting in a couple offers of some other stuff, um, but I got the Critters. Watched Critters, pretty good movie, honestly. Uh, but just been playing a lot of video games and stuff, so it's weird because this week we are recording a little bit late. We normally record around noon, a little bit afternoon. Now we're recording at 10 p.m. 11 now. We had yeah. some issues with the microphones and stuff, so hopefully this sounds sure. good for you. So, all right, great. Um, anything else before we jump right into it? Um, no, I don't really have much else. Alright, great. Well, let's start with the uh, first episode of Pokemon. Let's start with the first episode, the Pokemon episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Okay, great. Alright, so the Pokemon episode, the fourth episode, is Challenge of the Samurai. First aired in Japan, April 22nd, 1997, and in the United States, September 11th, 1998. So, um... This episode starts off with Ash, Misty, and Pikachu still in the Viridian Forest. So, uh, Misty's still freaking out about both Pokemon. We see that there's a Weedle. So, oh, actually, I did want to say this started off with a really uh, long recap. I was like, I wonder if there's, I feel like it's a lot longer. I don't even know if they normally do recaps. Did you notice that? Yeah, I know. I've been. They did it the past couple episodes, like these small uh, recaps starting from episode one. Yeah, I, so, I was like, maybe they cut some material from the dub, but I looked, I, I couldn't find any material that was really cut. So yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how far that goes. Yeah, but also this so, week I uh, I watch Yu-Gi-Oh first, so watching Pokemon after Yu-Gi-Oh is a way better uh, way to do it. It's like a nice palate cleanser because Yu-Gi-Oh can bring you down. For the fact that there's so much drama, or it's just it's just way too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon, as soon as that theme hits, it just makes you happy. It's such yeah. a happier show. It really is. It's a lot happier show. Um, All the background music is a lot more upbeat. It's way better. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot brighter, you know. Animation's a lot more, I don't know, kid-friendly, I guess would be the way to describe it. But, yeah. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting. So, um... Misty was talking about the Caterpie and something. So Ash was like mocking her and he did a pun based on Caterpie. Yes. I actually, I was like, okay, that's weird. But then I looked it up and this is actually a different pun in the same, in the uh, original Japanese dub. I thought that was really interesting. I I didn't even see that. Yeah, looking at Bulbapedia in the Japanese version, he makes an untranslatable pun. Misty says, Mushi, 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 which means bug, bug, bug. Ashland says, Ushi, meaning cow. I was like, wow, that's oh, kind of yes. weird. Because they're super similar. I yeah, think I remember hearing this. 
Yeah, I was like, that's kind of cool that they're able to make two puns that both kind of make sense. I mean, it's kind of like out of nowhere in the yes. episode, but it, I mean, Caterpie, Caterpie, I, I see it. And something that I thought was kind of strange, um, I, when he sends out his Pidgeotto to battle Weedle, I mm. have subtitles on, always. Yeah. And in my subtitles, uh, when he sends out Pidgeotto, when it's talking, the subtitles say Pidgeot. Like, every time it says Pidgeotto, it keeps saying it says Pidgeot, Pidgeot. Oh, that was kind of And weird. that was actually on the uh, the Pokemon app. Because I, I try to watch it on Netflix, but my Netflix would not play Pokemon this week. So I had to do it on uh, the Pokemon app. Yeah, that is interesting. So before Ash sends out the Pidgeotto, he's, uh, he tries to send out Pikachu, but Pikachu is actually napping. Which I was like, okay, I get that. I relate to that, especially it's in this the, quarantine, you know? Yeah, it's the Chonk Pikachu. He's so it's much a better. Chonk, it's a Chonk Pikachu. It's the most relatable Pikachu. Yeah, he doesn't care so, about nothing. He really doesn't. So, uh, yeah, Ash is trying to catch the Weedle. And what happens? Misty walks away or? Yeah, she, like, runs away. She The Weedle, like, went towards her. She freaked out. Classic Misty. Yeah. So then Misty's away from Ash and she gets pretty much attacked by the samurai who sticks a sword in her face. I literally, I wrote that I'm shocked that this didn't get banned in the English dub. Yeah, it's pretty violent. Um, later, so he asks if she's the trainer from Pallet Town. She's not. Uh, she realizes that he's thinking about Ash um, after she kind of like gets him to go away. And then the samurai goes over to Ash and puts his sword in Ash's face. But I don't know a lot about swords. Me either. So. But another thing, um, this episode got banned in South Korea due to cultural problems. And I don't want to speak on something I don't know anything about, but um, he, they, South Korea bans all the ones that involve Japanese culture. Like samurais and stuff. You know, I don't, you know what, I can't yeah, even speak I can't, to anything yeah, on that. Any- I can't remember exactly what happened, but all the ones that heavily involved Japanese culture, South Korea bans. Yeah, I I would just be talking to my ass if I said it. Yes, and this one was literally banned for the reason of it being based around a samurai. That's actually really interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And actually, now that you're kind of talking about that, I thought it was cool that there is a samurai, you know? Samurais are really cool. I just, you know, it's a big part of Japanese culture. This I like samurai movies. No, it's kind of weird news. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you can tell it's a kid who's trying to act like a samurai, you know, kind of like a kid playing a cowboy over here, you know, but, you know, it's cool. It's unique. But he's also, he interrupts Ash while, uh, after Ash gets Pidgeot to defeat Weedle, he comes in and interrupts Ash because he's looking for a trainer from Pallet Town, and uh, Ash is talking to him, and he turns around, Weedle dipped. Weedle's gone. Yep, he lost the Weedle. So they end up, yep. Then the battling, and uh, what was his first Pokemon? He sent out Pidgeotto against Pinscher, but oh, Pidgeotto yeah. was, he was tired, but he still ended up battling a little bit. He had some sand attack, um, mm-hmm. and then he ends up sending out Metapod, yep. and Metapod uses Harden and breaks Pinscher's pincers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so he returns Pinscher and sends out a Metapod. <laughs> Which, and now if have... you've ever played the original games, Metapod versus Metapod, nobody ever wins. It, <laughs> it would never end. 
I love this sequence because it brought me way back to the old games when you have a metapod and you're just like, what can I even do with this? I can just harden. Yeah, and it was just harden against harden, back and forth. Who can get harder? And, and that reminded me, I remember when you and our grandfather used to play that same game. Okay, let's mark that <laughs> time. All right, so they're battling for what has to be like hours because uh, Missy and Pikachu, like they bring out the beach chairs. They're both wearing sunglasses, drinking their margaritas or whatever. I was like, again, Pikachu is the most relatable character on the yeah. show. <laughs> At a point where he could easily come in and just destroy this metapod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just sitting there watching because he's not even napping anymore. He's just lounging. Like, I love Pikachu <laughs> in this episode. Um, That's when the uh, Beedrill come in. I couldn't okay. remember if it was Team Rocket woke up the Beedrill or if it was that the Weedle went back and told the Beedrill about Ash. Yeah, I don't have that written down. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, the Beedrills come and they start swarming. So uh, Samurai calls off the battle and uh, they take away Metapod, which I thought was weird. When Ash is trying to get Metapod back, yeah. it's like shooting like – it's like a laser like trying to go at Metapod. Yeah. Well, you kind of see that. I mean, I guess that's, I mean, we've never really discussed it, but I'm not entirely sure how the Pokemon get transferred into the ball, but they do kind of like laser away, I suppose. Yeah, and that's when he's trying to catch it back in the ball. Yeah, so they they all end up running away, and uh, then they encounter a hive of Kakuna, which I thought looked cool. All the Kakuna up in the tree. Yeah, and then even cooler, I thought this was like really cool animation. They all evolve at the same time to Beedrill. And it's kind of a similar thing to the last episode we were talking about the Caterpie building the cocoon that turns into Metapod. Here, the Beedrill escapes out of the Metapod like an actual cocoon would, you know? Yeah, which is unlike any other Pokemon evolution ever. Yeah. So they keep on running. They end up in the the cabin. Well, they had Uh, also... They put Metapod with the Kakuna. And, uh... So Metapod was just sitting at the bottom of the tree with all the Kakuna when they hatched. But yeah. and then when they all hatch, they all run and hide in Samurai's cabin where Ash ends up leaving Metapod behind. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they kind of talk about the other trainers from Palatown. I guess Samurai battled them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always think that's interesting. I think we kind of touched on this in one of the other episodes. Like, we never really hear about the two other trainers. Yeah, and... Um, He's when he's reminiscing about it. They're showing flashbacks, and each one had a different starter. Yeah. And one of them is Gary, but I always thought Gary had an Eevee as a starter. No, I think Gary took a. What did he have? A Squirtle. I, no. I, I thought it was a Bulbasaur. I can't even begin to guess. Let me. <laughs> I guess we'll find just... out one day. <laughs> it's crazy because yeah, uh... we still don't. We still don't know who Gary's starter is. And Gary hasn't been mentioned since the first episode. So he's supposed to be a big rival, but he's getting no screen time, which is strange. But um, after that, they're talking in the cabin, and uh, Ash is just, they're going to sleep, and he's thinking about Metapod. And it goes to the next day, and he's going out to find Metapod again. And encounters Meowth, and Meowth scratches his face up. Yeah, he does. I feel like that's a common Meowth thing to do. Yeah. And it looks kind of, like, not graphic, but it looks brutal. Yeah. So, um, for some reason... So, of course, Team Rocket interrupts then and does their yes. spiel. 
which I found out this is the first time that they say prepare for double and or prepare for trouble and make a double. Yes. Which is what, I didn't pick up on it until I read it online. Yeah, neither did I. I was like, okay, that's cool. I didn't even realize. So, um, yeah. And then we find out that they were using a tank that they made out of paper to <laughs> <laughs> conserve weight, which is yes. now being eaten up by Weedles. So that's just another thing where Team Rocket is so inept at everything. <laughs> like They always make the worst decisions. And they... Uh... They are just such terrible villains. <laughs> they really are. That's my well, favorite kind of villain. Those two specifically. I know later on we meet other Team Rockets that are actually capable. Of course. Which I'm kind yeah, of excited like... to see because it's, compared to them, they're they so bad. And something that I don't remember that I, I hope they end up like discussing is like how they continue to be Team Rocket. Like You think Giovanni would like catch on to all this trouble that they're making everywhere. <laughs> and he seems like he's no-nonsense. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm really interested to see how they interact if, if we ever get to that point in the show. But so. um, Ash ends up finding Metapod, and Metapod is pissed. Yes. Because he keeps getting the worst treatment from everybody in that crew, uh, mm-hmm. Misty and Ash. Yep. I feel bad for him. And uh, he's really upset, and then Ash is trying to talk to him. He picks him up, and he's running with him. And then he trips and drops him also. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... Yeah, it's kind of crazy how much, how much you know, crap Metapod has to take. But he does admit that it was his fault that uh, he left Metapod after trying to blame Samurai for it originally. But in this show, in the first four episodes, they really show Ash like Ash like growing as a person. Absolutely, and you can really tell that he's becoming because I felt like in the first couple episodes, like in the first episode especially, like Ash didn't have any real knowledge about Pokemon like for as much of a fan as he was like he didn't really know how to be a Pokemon trainer but yeah, he just now, the I mean, idea. and at the same time he is 10 so yeah so I mean I can't blame him <laughs> yeah but yeah you can tell he's really growing as a Pokemon trainer here yeah I, I like that yep so uh eventually they get attacked by Beedrill right yep. who mm-hmm. creates a crack in Metapod's shell yeah, when he jumps up to save Ash from the attack. Yeah, so this and, Metapod is a hero. And again. it shatters the uh, Beedrill Stinger. Yes. But it also splits Metapod open. And after that, Metapod evolves into a Butterfree. So I thought that was, evolution was cool. That was also cool. It's very similar to the Beedrill evolution from Kakuna, which makes sense, because they, as it should be. Um I thought it was interesting for a couple reasons. One is because last episode, we saw Caterpie get caught and then evolve into Metapod. And then this episode, he evolves into Butterfree. So that's a really quick evolution. And then the other interesting thing is that the the Pokedex says that the Metapod evolves into Butterfree exactly one week after it evolves into Metapod. After Caterpie evolves into Metapod. Yeah, which is crazy fast. Which is crazy fast. Also, I mean, I don't know if this was you know, kind of premature because of the Beedrill cracking the Metapod. But if it's been a week, I thought it was like a day, if that, you know? Exactly. So I don't know, one, like how much time has elapsed in between the last two episodes, two, how long they were running away from them. And how big is Viridian Forest? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good point. Maybe It really is. So, yeah, I guess that does make sense. So, Um, uh, 
I thought Butterfree looked really cool. Uh, as soon as it came out, it slept all the Beedrills with sleep powder immediately. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he's celebrating. And then it cuts to the samurai, and they're talking about a rematch. But he said that uh, he is now the novice, and Ash knows more than him. And he points him on the trail to Pewter City, which yep. will be the home of the first gym and the gym leader, Brock. Yep. So that was one thing that I noticed. Like I was like, oh, wow, there's still no Brock. It's episode four, and he's like one of the main characters. So, But Pewter City, Brock, so that's cool. And, um, and then after the episode ends, or right after that, we see Team Rocket for some reason. That's <laughs> disguised himself as Kakuna in the Kakuna Hive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, one, how they got themselves into that situation without alerting the Kakuna, and two, how they plan to get out. But I guess we see that there wasn't really a plan to get out. <laughs> and I think they get attacked by the Beedrill at the end, don't they, or something? Yeah, they do. Well, yeah, yeah they, the, the Kakuna all realize that they're there then, because they're arguing out loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love Team Rocket. That's such a fun... <laughs> they're such fun characters and such a fun like relationship they have with each other. But, yeah, that was a... I thought that was a pretty good episode. Like, it's kind of filler... But it was entertaining. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, but when I, when I compare it to the other episodes, it's just hard to rank it, really. Yeah, I agree. It's because it's, there's not really much happening. Like I said, it's entertaining, but it's filler, and there's not a whole lot going on. And especially with last episode, we were in Viridian Forest, and he caught a bug Pokemon, and it evolved. And now yeah. it's like we're in Viridian Forest, he tries to catch a bug Pokemon, <laughs> His Pokemon evolves. It's just like kind of repetitive. So uh, I can give you my rating right now. I gave it an 82.5, which is Uh, like, it's a good episode, but there's not a whole lot going on. Well, I went kind of (laughs) low. I went 69. 69. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it was too repetitive for me, but it wasn't bad. I'm not like, I couldn't go, but at first I was going to go like in the fifties, but I was like, that's too low because it's not a bad episode. Yeah, I was gonna go lower, but then I was like, okay, I loved the uh, the Pikachu stuff. I always love when Team Rocket's involved doing stupid stuff that doesn't make any sense. If and, it wasn't uh, backed up to that episode that felt so similar, I would have ranked it up there too. Yeah, I yeah, that's a good point because it's the same stuff. They're still in Viridian Forest. It's still the same Pokemon, you know, yeah, as exactly. the star of the show. So, okay, that's how cool. I felt. Um, so let's move on to the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode this week. Does it sound good? Yeah. Did we even name the name of uh, the first episode? Yeah, we did. Challenge of the Samurai? I thought it was... Yeah, yeah, Challenge of the Samurai. Okay, I couldn't remember. Okay. Well, here it is if we didn't. (laughs) It's Challenge of the Samurai. Okay. Uh, So, Yu-Gi-Oh! episode four. Uh, Into the Hornet's Nest. First aired in Japan, May 9th, 2000, in the United States... October 20th, 2001. Starts out with the same um, background on the Millennium items as the last episode, and then into the theme song. Uh, And they're arriving off of the boat, and Taya and Tristan having an argument because Tristan is worried about getting caught, and Taya's just like, be cool. And I'm with Taya on this one. Is that how you say your name, Taya? Yeah, Tristan Taya. I know I was saying it wrong last time, and it was one of those things where I got in my own head. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can't even remember what you were calling it last time. I think it was Taya or something. but Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Tristan was getting on my nerves this episode because he's like, <laughs> he's one of those guys that you don't want to, 
you know, get in trouble with or do anything that might get you in trouble. Yeah. Because he's constantly, like, <laughs> making it obvious. But, yeah. And then they arrive onto the island. and uh, They finally made it to Duel's Kingdom. Yep. And Yugi is, like, kind of, they kind of are doing the background of the last episode and stuff. And they're talking about Weevil. <laughs> I just had to laugh because Weevil is such a creep. Because they're talking about Weevil, and then it cuts to Weevil, who's like 10 feet away from them, just smiling silently, looking at him. Like, he's such a creep. Yeah. I love so Weevil weird. in this episode. Um, so they start making the, uh, along with everyone else from the ship. Oh, also, do they show it yet? Oh, no, they don't. So they're walking, and they see uh, Bakura. Is that his name? Bakura. Bakura. Mm-hmm. So he is also a creep because he has left the path that everyone else is on, and he's just in the woods watching the people walk by. It's so confusing. What? Why is he? How did he get over there? Why is he away from everyone else? And why, when they see him and go to look again, is he hiding from them? Like yeah. that's an interesting thing. It's only weird because they're like not even giving you any like characterization for him. It's just this is the second time where they kind of seen him for a brief second. Yeah, and it's just and also like, why would he go into the woods as soon as they? Left? <laughs> it was so weird. If you're watching the episode, it's so weird because there's a clear and defined path that everyone is walking, but Bakara must have just like ran ahead of everyone just to get into the woods to like be brooding and watch everyone walk past. It was so strange, dude. And like you said, all that we know about him is he's a kid from school that they're not sure why he's there. So I guess that's something they're building up to. But And then <laughs> they're all standing in front of Pegasus's castle. And uh, before he comes out, you know, the crowd's talking. They're talking amongst themselves. They're like, oh, wow, there, there's Weevil. There's uh, Rex and all those people. Make and, up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... Again, with the ridiculous characters, this is something that I love from last week's episode that just cracks me up, is in anime, when you see the main characters amongst a sea of people, and Mako Tsunami is there with no shirt and a harpoon. <laughs> you think you would have saw him on the boat. Exactly. He's just so ridiculous and over the top, and honestly, that's perfect for this episode. I love these characters in this episode. It's so uh, for this show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, cracking one open for the working man. Yeah, some ASMR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Pegasus comes out and he speaks to the crowd. And he kind of gives you the lowdown on the rules of the tournament. Um, do you have so, those written down here? When they're when they're sitting there in the crowd and you hear all these kids over talking about how oh Yugi beat Kaiba and all this other stuff. It's Brock Brock's voice actor from Pokemon. Is it not, really? Not changing his voice at all. It sounds just like Brock. I didn't even notice that, which is funny because I wrote down from the last, uh, from the Pokemon episode, that the samurai voice actor sounded familiar. He does the voice of Professor Oak and also the curtain James and Meowth. So kind of mixing in the Pokemon to this review, but... I did I not just, know that. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Not the James and Meowth, the classic James and Meowth, but... As you know, and uh, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, they change the voices starting with the advanced cartoon. So Yeah, something about four kids. They went with a cheaper yeah. studio. <laughs> yeah, so I guess this guy moved Classic. studios with him. But yeah. yeah, but I thought that was weird. It sounded literally just like Brock. I was like, this I didn't is even so pick strange. Up on that. Yeah. 
But also, so um, seeing the dueling glove that they get for the star pieces mm-hmm. or star chips uh, looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, it just looks so cheesy. And there's like a lot of weird animation in this episode too. I have that written down later. Like when they do close-ups, like it's kind of like off-model and like it doesn't really look right. But I, I noticed that with Joey earlier, and I noticed it with Yugi during his battle later on in the episode. Also, I do have written down before Pegasus speaks. Like I think it was Joey who's like, "Oh man, what would I give to have five minutes alone with Pegasus?" Like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, I wasn't sure what he meant by that. Physical, <laughs> sexual, I wasn't sure. <laughs> no Yu-Gi-Oh! could be sexual. <laughs> it really but, could. Uh, which is another thing we can get into, but uh, that reminded me <laughs> okay. of the Pantera <laughs> We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's for our After Hours podcast. <laughs> that's, all, that's off the screen. <laughs> no, but I was just talking about how sexual and violent Yu-Gi-Oh! is compared to Pokemon, but... Yes. Uh, it yeah, reminds me of the basic pan- rules. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Pantera. I was I was gonna say it reminds me of the Pantera song Five Minutes Alone, right? I wonder if that was what they were thinking of because it must have came out so. a couple years before, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know what they were thinking when they made the show. But, but my point is, even if he gets in a fight with Pegasus, Joey's. I mean, I know he's a hothead, but he 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 has no chance against this guy. He has a golden eye, like. <laughs> he. But when you also fight. think about it, he has one eye. <laughs> That's true, but. I'm not. And, I'm not gonna pick a fight with the guy with the golden eye. Well, I have a cat with one eye, and I feel like I could beat it in a fight. I don't know. Willow is a scrapper. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> um, so, uh, but we do figure out more of the rules. Uh, you find out you need ten star chips to face Pegasus, which Yugi and Joey only have one because they split Yugi's star pieces. Everyone starts with two. Um, he announces that there's new rules to the card game, but he's not telling anybody. He wants yeah. them to learn as they go. Which doesn't make any sense. No, that's not how it should work. Yeah, because later on we find out that Weevil knows the rules because he stole the rule, new rule sheet. Is that but, how he found out? I must yeah, have missed that. Yeah, because otherwise no one would know. Yeah. How would you ever find out? You can't just learn as you go. If no one, if you have two people dueling and neither one know, how could you learn as you go? Yeah. It makes no so. sense. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I was like, they need ten star chips, right? But like, when mm-hmm. you look at the glove, there's only like four. Star the glove is just. Holders. I don't like the glove. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind the glove, but it's just it's weird. Compared to a dual disc. Yeah, I know, right? If only it was. Yeah. But so Weevil or Yugi ends up challenging after they disperse the crowd and all that. Yugi challenges Weevil to a duel. So yeah, Weevil keeps running away. <laughs> Weevil immediately runs into the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm just like, okay, I like I like Weevil. He's just such a weird, smarmy character. So they chase him, everyone, uh, Yugi, Joey, Tristan, and Taya. They chase him into the woods. We find out Weevil had led them to... <laughs> First off, he says, Yugi, in his weird voice, you've fallen in my trap again. And I was like, okay. Referring to the last episode where he threw Yugi's cards into the water... I was like, that's not really a trap. <laughs> like, no, that was just you being a jerk. <laughs> that was just you asking for the cards and then throwing them into the water. That's not a trap. <laughs> well, wasn't like it wasn't planned out that well. Because it builds into his, like, <laughs> character that he's, like, I don't know. I like that about Weevil, that he thinks that that's a trap. <laughs> yeah, I like Weevil, but I'm still more on the Rex side, Rex Raptor. Yeah, so... His voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Weevil and Rex Raptor both have such weird voices. When he starts to challenge Weevil, um, Yami Yugi comes out. Yeah. Yami Yugi literally grows and his voice deepens so much, nobody realizes. I thought that too. I didn't have that written down, but I was like, that's so weird that no Almost one really doubles in height. Weevil doesn't even blink. Like I get Taya, no. Tristan, and Joey has has seen this before, but I don't think uh, Weevil has. He just knows that he beat Kaiba. Yeah. But who knows? He's been sneaking around stealing rule sheets. Who knows what information he has <laughs> access to? But they, so uh, uh, they set up the battlefield. Is there a name for that? I don't have no, to write it down. Battle arena. Battle arena. So he led them right into the battle arena, which is a second trap, which I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, that's not really a trap again. <laughs> but I yeah, find out later on. you didn't on, put that there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found out later on what he means, and it is a trap, kind of. So, yeah. Um, but when they go the, to duel, uh, Yugi only has one star chip. So to get both of Weeble's star chips, he puts up Grandpa's deck as like a second prize. So yeah. if he loses, he loses his only star chip and his, his the whole deck. Yeah, but if, I was like, so okay, it's, that... It's losers eliminated now, either way. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, that's interesting. That really built up the stakes for this uh, episode. Um, also, I read, before we move on, in the trivia for this episode, I did a little bit of research, in the Japanese dub, he says that he puts his life on the line. That the, sounds about right. <laughs> meaning that if he loses, he's going to commit suicide. So it's like, that's what I was talking about earlier when I was like, it's a little bit more adult in Pokemon. Like, that's crazy. Um, but, and then once the battle gets started, like, there's crowds of people come in to come watch. And all the people are like, oh, wow, that's Weevil. And who's this other guy? And uh, Joey's, of course, being a loud mouth again. He's talking about He's like, oh, yeah, that's Yugi, and I'm Joey, or whatever. He's like, and then these these are trespassers. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's pretty funny. That made me laugh. I, me too. I actually put that in my notes. I was like, this isn't, this is so uh, stupid, but I wrote it down. I, I did laugh. Yeah, I, I <laughs> laughed too. That really, yeah. And then uh, I thought it was funny because the first, uh, okay, wait, no, never mind. The first uh, thing that we will, the first card is a big B, just like. You know, Beedrill uh, from the last episode. I was like, okay, kind of looks is, like Beedrill. It does. It looks a lot like Beedrill, actually. But yeah, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny that we just watch a Beedrill episode. Now this one has this big B. So, um, the beginning also moves super fast. Yes, the beginning does. Yeah, they're not even like announcing end of turns or your turn. It's just like I'm playing this. I'm playing that. I'm playing this. I'm playing that. Exactly. Like, and. Uh, we find out that the trap is that there is a field advantage on this field that favors bug type, which, of course, Weevil, whose entire life is a bug gimmick, which I love the commitment to character that Weevil has. Yes. He's making bug puns. He's running through forests with, with uh, moths all over the place. Yeah, that would, how do you even control Weevil. that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, okay, how are they going to do this? But it just turns out that's just the forest, I guess. Yes. Millions of moths. And it just fits Weevil's gimmick so much. I love that. So there's a long battle. I'm not going to go into the details. Um, if you have any highlights you want to go into. Um, there's so much dialogue for playing a card game. Yeah. Everyone is just constantly saying what they did or what they're going to do. Yeah. It's, it's so much talking. But um, I did see that 
they used Horn of the Unicorn, mm-hmm. which is like my go-to in Duel Links. Is it really? Oh, I yeah, think which I don't even really remember from the show that much, but I use it all the time in Duel Links, so I was pretty hyped to see it. I was like, oh, that's my card. That's awesome. I remembered all these cards from being a kid, but yeah. honestly, like I get that there's a lot of dialogue, but like there's only so much action that there can be. They kind of have to narrate and kind of like lead it along. Also, the field advantages. I was like, I don't remember that from being a kid. And uh, it turns out that is a thing. There's like field cards, but it's yep. I only know that from Duel Links. Yeah, it's different in this episode. It doesn't really, or this arc, entire arc, it doesn't really represent any actual thing in the game where there's like a set field. Yeah. From what I understand, from what I looked up. So, but I thought it was a great duel. I thought yeah. and I he was... Gets- Yugi starts getting backed in a corner, and what does he do? He draws Dark Magician. Of course. Which we also see that there's still no sacrificing the summon monsters. Yep. Which I end up looking into, and that doesn't exist till season two. That's really interesting. I wonder why that mm-hmm. is. Because I don't remember I, that ever being that way. Yeah, because I feel like that's always been a thing in the card game. Yep, and Yugi uses a, a trap card when Weevil goes to attack, which ends up destroying all of Weevil's monsters. It takes him down to 555 life points, and Yugi has 1350. And yep. uh, we're hit with our first ever to be continued in Yu-Gi-Oh. I saw it coming from a mile away. Me too. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is getting really interesting. I, I honestly, I love this episode before I even get into this. This reminded me why I liked Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid. Like, it made me feel like a kid again. And I was kind of on the edge of my seat. I was like... I remember how this goes. <laughs> you get really excited, and they hit you with a to-be-continued. Yep. But honestly, it worked really well. I wanted to watch the next episode. I almost hit play right afterwards. What gets but, me is the first episodes are always of like the two-parters, three-parters, four-parters. The first one is always going to be ranked super low for me, I feel. Yeah. Because they're just like dragging it and dragging it. And then I always remember when the second one that hop in, it's just action, 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 action. Yep. So the, they're I, just dragging us along in this one. Yeah, but it worked for me, in my opinion. I, mm-hmm. I, I bit on this one entirely. Like I said, I felt like a kid again watching this. But uh, It wasn't bad. And then it's also showing yeah. Weevil has a cocoon working. Oh, yes. It showed a cocoon, which, once yeah. again, kind of similar to the Pokemon episode. It's kind of interesting. It really is. So are you ready to give your rating for this episode? Yeah, you're going to be shocked. <laughs> I think you're going to be shocked by mine. I mean, I didn't go super high because, like you said, I, as much as I bit on the to be continued, that I don't like that as a tactic. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's kind of cheap to not give the conclusion of the episode and have to tune in next week. Mm-hmm. So that kind of knocked it down, in my opinion. But I went with an 87.5, which is historic. Ooh. I, like I said, I love this episode. I was on the corner of my seat. I was on the edge of my seat. And uh, this is historic for me because this is the first time Yu-Gi-Oh! has beat a Pokemon episode in my rankings. Yeah, I don't think it's beaten in our average or either one of our rankings yet. No, No, this is the first time anyone has put a Yu-Gi-Oh! episode ahead of that week's Pokemon episode. I was disappointed by both. Wow. Uh, But this one was a 59 for me. 59? Yeah, because I just know that I knew this whole time nothing was going to happen until the next episode. <laughs> I love this episode because I loved the characters of Weevil. Like he's such <laughs> he's such a good bad guy. Like he's such like I don't know. 
And it uh, I thought it had good aspects. Yeah. But just I just knew with the when I looked at the time when the duel started, I was like, no way is this whole thing done in seven minutes. Yeah, so absolutely. from that point on, I was just like, all right, well, this is going to lead up to a to be continued. <laughs> and I think that set me up for failure. I'll tell you what, this episode went by the fastest out of all the Yu-Gi-Oh episodes for me. Granted, you Yu-Gi-Oh usually goes faster than Pokemon, I think. I think that's just the style of the yeah. series. And also with Pokemon, I, like in these early episodes, I know what's going to happen. So I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, exactly. I, I, know, I just don't know details. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, it, it, it's just... It all seems brand new every time I rewatch it. Yeah, because there's absolutely. so much going on. It's not like a basic storyline. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah, so that was the reviews for this week. Um, we'll average those out. Put that on the Instagram. Also, I want to thank you for running the Instagram. I want to thank you for editing the episodes as well. It's been not really very great. Well. No, I think it's been good. Um, there was some snafus with the first two episodes, but you re-edited those, and those are back up now. Yeah, we're having so. a problem with Spotify. Spotify will not update our edited episodes of one and two. Yeah, uh, still working on that. Hopefully, I get to change. But three is fine, and four is hopefully going to be good too. Yeah. But we're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, just rate and review as much as you guys can. Uh, it helps it. us jump up higher in the search history. I mean, yep. in the search. History. Okay, great. Uh, let's let's end this episode with uh, the question of the week. So. Uh, we're still earlier on in the show, so we still have these basic questions to answer. This is a pretty basic question. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon game? Okay, you are going first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to, you know, put that on top of you like that, <laughs> to sneak up on you with that. Um, yeah, I decided to go with, like, I love the Gen 4 remakes of Gold and Silver. I think those were my favorite games to play, because... I didn't play them as a kid because we never had DSs growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, we stopped with Game Boy Advances. So, the latest I played were Fire Red and Leaf Green. But when I went back as an adult and played Diamond and Pearl, I loved those games. Ooh. And when I played Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I was like, oh my God, because they improved on the stuff from Diamond and Pearl, but it has all of the stuff from the Gen 2 games, which I love. I think I might, controversial opinion. I think I might prefer the Gen 2 games to the Gen 1 games, honestly. But mm-hmm. the Gen 1 games are so classic, so it's hard not to go with the Gen 1 games. But I'm going to yeah. go with the Gen 4 remakes, Heart Gold and Soul Man, that is... This is such I, a hard question. Yeah, and I don't know the Pokemon community too well. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but... Um, I think it's kind of split. I think yeah. people feel... The people that agree with you feel very passionate about it. But other people... I, People trash uh, Gen 2, even the remakes, because oh, really? yeah, because they're saying, oh, yeah, they just added uh, extra gems. So, like, I don't know why. They're kind of just like, I don't know why everybody likes it more, because there's more gems. Which, mm-hmm. for me, that actually does work for me. Yeah, no, It's longer that I can play the game. Time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I recently beat uh, Pokemon Shield, and I that was Shield and, uh, like, Sun and Moon. Sword and Shield, Sun and Moon, those are probably some of my least favorites, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, they just, they just tried too hard. Uh, but my favorite is Stuck, which which is a notorious terrible one, is the Gen 3 games, Ruby and Sapphire. Interesting. That was at the point where I was most into Pokemon as a kid, I think, so they stick with yeah. me really well. And then, like you said, Gen 4, 
Diamond and Pearl and the remakes. Uh, playing that as an adult for the first time was those games were amazing. Mm-hmm. But if I had to go with my favorite, I'll probably go Diamond and Pearl. Oh, nice! That's, that's all those evolutions thing. that they added on. Yeah, they were so good. The Gen Four Pokemon are good. The storyline that game is good. It's like the last game really that felt like the originals too. Once you get to I, five, it starts getting a little different. Six is completely different. Seven is even more different, and then eight is ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm gonna go for Gen Four Diamond and Pearl. I wow. never played Platinum, which I hear great things about Platinum. Platinum? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't either. Actually, Me yeah, either. I, yeah. Um, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I obviously honorable mention. Both of us went with Gen Four. Honorable mention has to go to Gen One, Red and Blue, like. The classic games, the games that started it all, those games hold up more than probably any other. Like, there's probably a handful of games from that era that hold up the way that those do. And you didn't get to play, but Let's Go was really good too. Yeah, was it? I never. I was actually looking up some information on that one. I know that a lot of people don't like that because, like, they feel that they keep on going back to the well with Kanto. But there's a reason why. Yeah, Yeah, there's a reason why. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always on that side. Yeah, so, all right, great. Um, so that was the episode for this week. Yeah, um, that's episode four. So let's uh, do our very classic sign off that we have rehearsed and we <laughs> have planned. Your 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 move. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>